I, I take this dedication ceremony, I take it very serious. And I want to read to you a scripture. And this, I sat down at my desk this morning. This scripture came to me, and it's from Isaiah 55, and it's a familiar passage of scripture. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, that scripture means when we speak Whose word? The Father's word. Not not necessarily our words, unless they're God's words. But God watches over his word to perform it. And so this morning, we're going to speak God the Father's words over Kyson. Now, I don't normally do this, but I like to give you a little refresher because sometimes sheep forget. We're all guilty of forgetting. And I want to read to you just a a couple things here that tells you why we do what we do. Why are we taking and setting apart this time to get dedicate Kyson? We said the value of the dedication service is rooted in the power of the spoken word of faith. We just gave you the scripture. And the motives of the heart. The limits of the dedication prayer are set by the conditions of the commitment and the choices made by the people. See, mom and dad are, you made a choice today. You're going to dedicate that child to God, and that's a good choice. But every covenant has two sides to it. Now, God will always watch over his word to perform it, but mom and dad have a part to play. The church has a part to play. The whole family here has something to contribute We said that the value and the power of the dedication service is conditional. When we dedicate our children to God, he always honors his side of the agreement. What will God provide? He'll provide protection, guidance, and anointing for our children. But our children can willfully step out from under God's protection by refusing to follow his guidance and turn away from his presence anointing. Parents can also break the conditions of God's promises concerning children by shirking their responsibility to train up the child in the word of God. Nothing in heaven or on earth can take away an individual's freedom of choice in spiritual matters. But our godly actions as spiritual kings and priests can powerfully influence the course of men and angels and make way for God's will to be done in our lives. We said the dedication of a child is an acknowledgement by parents that their child is a gift from God. It's a promise to rear the child for God's glory. By committing the child to him, they establish their role as stewards of God's inheritance entrusted to their care. Now, what we do here when we speak the word here in a few minutes, God's word over Kyson, there's some things that you need to understand. Dedication does not impart salvation to Kyson. Whose responsibility is it to make sure Kyson's in church so he has the opportunity to hear the gospel? It's you too. Okay? It's our responsibility as family and, and church family to, you know, live a good life before him and be an example to him. We said that when we pray, 
and we speak these proclamations over Kaizen, what are we proclaiming? God's protection, God's blessing, and God's favor. And then we need to understand that, and as I've said it already, you, mom and dad, must commit to live a godly life, do everything you can, so it'll pave, pave the way for him. Oh, he's sound asleep. Grandpa's got to touch. Amen? Amen. So that, that tells you a little bit what we do and why we do it. So let's stand to our feet this morning. You can come down, Mom and Dad. We wake him up. He's in the hospital. He got dehydrated. But we're just going to believe God. He's come a long way since he was born. God's faithful. Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh, he's not asleep. Oh, were you lighting fireworks? Is that why you guys scratch? Kid, yes you are. Yeah, let's hurry before he starts crying. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Kyson. And my prayer is this, Lord God, from early on, he's going to have a spiritual hunger. He's going to thirst for have a thirst for righteousness and seek first the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. You have provided, Lord, protection for him. So every day your angels are going to be encamped around him to deliver Kyson from all evil. We're believing you, Lord God, that favor will surround him as with a shield. As he grows, Lord, he'll increase in knowledge and wisdom. In fact, we pray, Lord, you fill Kaisen with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding that he would always have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing daily in the knowledge of God. We pray, Lord, the eyes of his understanding will be enlightened that he might know what is the hope of his calling and what is the glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints. Father, we thank you, Lord. He shall fulfill his spiritual destiny in the name of Jesus Christ, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. Lord, we thank you that all poverty, lack, and debt is bound over him in Jesus' name, and we lose prosperity blessings and success over him in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you that in the days ahead, Kyson's steps will be ordered of the Lord. Order his steps daily in thy word, and let not iniquity have dominion over him. So, Father, he will prosper, be in health, and his soul will prosper, and he'll serve you all the days of his life and fulfill his spiritual destiny that you've given him. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone in agreement said, Amen. 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 Okay, you take the kid now. I'm going to do something a little different. You remember how to do it? I'm praying for mom and dad. Turn around here. Just come over here. Give me your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you. What you've done for these two, they've come so far. 
Lord, I thank you they will finish the good work that you've begun in them. And Lord, you'll bestow upon them daily the wisdom to raise Kyson. Lord, they'll live their lives as a, as Jesus would and they'll walk as an example to Kyson every day of his life. So Lord, let their be, their speech be with grace as he grows. A grace to raise him up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We call them blessed this day in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look at it's wide. You got the the anointing of the worship leader now on him. Amen. You may be seated. I just love that. That's the most favorite thing I, all the years as a preacher. I know weddings are important, funerals are important, but getting kids started right by speaking the word of God is important. Now, what are we going to do today? We're going to do something to different today. So you that are visiting, it's warm in here. We'll turn the cool. I got people fanning themselves. Let's cool them off. I'm not going to preach today, much to the dismay of everybody. Do you remember last week? How many were here last week? Our purpose today, we've been on the subject, you know, of, of not being sluggish and indifferent about God. And one thing that we can do is remember what God has done for us in the past. Now, I asked some of you to, I gave you a week and I'm sure some of you, you know, some of you will have a long list. I can't do that. I can't let you, you know, get up and speak an hour. I want to give every one of you a few minutes, you know, and I, if you get too long, I'll cut you off. Wouldn't you love that, do that for me on Sunday morning? Just cut me off and say, well, you're pastor. You can't go any longer, pastor. You got to stop. By all means, you do not have to testify today. If you do not want to, that is fine. There's always Abe, you know, that has something to say. But I want to do that, and I'm going to start with, we got a mic. I'm going to have Beth start today. Would you do that? Just, he's going to go. You don't have to get up here. You can stand up if you're comfortable doing that. And uh, if you wrote it down, that's fine. But let's remember what God's done for us and stir ourselves up. Amen. Amen. Well, I asked to go first just because I'm a little bit nervous sharing in front of the big crowd. I could get this out of the way, but also because we just had our confession on the board and um, my testimonies go with that. Um, one verse Pastor Brad refers to a lot during tithes and offerings is Malachi 3.10. And it says to bring all of the tithes into the storehouse that they are, there may be food in my house and prove me or test me now, says the Lord, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing um, that there will not be enough room to receive it. Abe and I have been tithers as long as we've been married. I've been tithing since high school, my first high school job. And Amen. Abe grew up in a pastor's home, so he's tithed since he was little, I'm sure. Um, I don't know how a blessing would pour out of heaven, just like Brad said, um, Pastor Brad. It just happens one day um, to God's glory. Two other verses real quick that I also stand on. Second Corinthians talks about um, our giving and in return God, God giving back more, blessing, blessing those that um, have need, and then having plenty of everything for yourself um, 
and just having more to give to other people. First Timothy 16:17 tells us not to set our hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly and ceaselessly provides everything for our enjoyment. So over the last five years, we have had two car loans paid off supernaturally. Amen. Um, my parents, my grandparents, all, all three of them passed away within the last three years. And we had a significant amount of money put towards our debt reduction on our home. So that was an awesome blessing. God's done simple things in our lives. This last week, Tammy brought over a huge box of Under Armour compression shirts for Ben. <laughs> and that was a huge blessing, Tammy, if she's here. Um, we were able to, Ben chose what he wanted, and he, we were able to bless three other families with those shirts. Amen. Compression shirts are a big thing with kids in sports and something kids yeah. really like. That same day, we were in Hibbets, and Ben needed football cleats, and I was willing to spend 90 to $130 on shoes. He's an adult size now, so they're more expensive than kids' youth shoes. Um, he had some on, and we had a dad, a teammate of his, and a dad show up and say they were looking for the right person to give his son's football cleats to. They were Cam Newton shoes, so expensive shoes. They were last year's, but they had hardly been worn because his son's feet grew so fast. So they were looking for the right person to give those shoes to. So that was a big blessing to our family financially and Ben. Um, and I just have one more pastor, so I hope I'm not too long. You are, but it's all right. <laughs> this um, blessing is about Larry and Ellen, how much they've blessed me. And about 10 years ago, Larry had me out to ride his horse, Cody. I've always been a horse lover ever since childhood. It's been a dream of mine to be able to ride. And that happened about 10 years ago. And about eight years ago, Larry calls me um, and says, you better get out to the farm. I bought an old mule. Not knowing for sure if that was true or not, um, I went it's, out to the farm, true. and he bought a little <laughs> bay mare for me to ride, and I've been going out to his farm for eight years learning from him, and that was that's just such a special blessing. Her name is Hope, and we need to have hope in God and God's Amen. word. So that's right. Thank you. Very good. Who's next? Not everyone at once, please. Put your hands down. No. Oh, I guess I'll give that one you wanted me to talk about, Pastor. Uh, everybody that knows me knows that I was in the military. Others that don't. Uh, I went in right at the beginning. Well, actually, it was a year prior to the start of the Gulf War. And we went in specifically only for training. That's all they did for me is school to school to school purpose for war, but I did not know what was coming. Well, one time we were, I was on a minesweeper. That's what we did. We went through and we cleared out paths on the water so that everybody else could come in. We were out there one time, and there was a minesweep generator on there that actually will go through and they'll map out where we need to go, and then we'll get those mines out of the water. Well, one time we had a crisis, and... <clears throat> It was probably the most scaring point in my life still. The water, or the boat, actually went dead. So the generator died right in the middle of a minefield. Ugh. And we knew there was a lot because we already had 35 captured. 
And this boat we were on is made of wood and fiberglass. So it's not, they showed us videos prior to getting on board so they knew what would happen. And all they showed was toothpicks in the air. So it kind of like put the scare in us to make sure that we knew our job. So we had this crisis start. Uh, All I heard was alarms. I was not actually up at the time. I just got done with watch. And I got up and it went over what little radio time that we had. Uh, It was prior to everything going black because then we didn't have any communications except for battery-operated devices. So we all had to get up. Everybody was up, every officer. And if you weren't down in the generator area, which was my baby, actually, I went to school for, um, you were up on the fantail on the bow with a light flashing out at the water, making sure that no mine was getting near the boat. This went on for (laughs) four to six hours is how long everybody had to be up there while there was a handful of us downstairs trying to figure out why this thing wasn't working. And we were scrambling like crazy. The captain was going up and down trying to take control of what was going on above as well as going down below, Um, getting a little hot and seated. But I can see why, because we're dead if we don't find what we're looking for real quick. So me and the other guy that went to school with me that did the diesel side were looking at the generator while the techs were... The electrical techs were inside looking at the spaghetti works because that's what it looked like. There was over at least 10,000 wires in this box that they had to go through and find something that might be causing this issue. Well, it just happened to be a speck of light that actually saved us. The guy that I worked with was actually on the other side, and he was shining his flashlight down into the generator. Well, there was light shining through where there shouldn't have been light. And I told him to go back down in there again. And we noticed there's big brushes that ride on this. Anybody that knows about DC generators, which is that's what I do now for a living, there's these big brushes that will ride on this commutator, which produces the power to cause this to come up to life. Well, this brush was hanging up, so there was an open circuit. Well, we finally got everything situated. We tore it down, which took an hour in itself just to get to that brush. And we got it uh, to a point to where we knew it was hanging up. Whoever put this in during initial start, there's a long string, cable string that you tie. Well, if you don't leave it straight and angled, the brush, the brush will not live its life going down properly as it's going down. Well, they tied it, and it looped, so it cut it off. So what it did, it just hung there, and it was waiting for it to be re- fixed so it could go back down. Well, we got it back down, and that actually was what caused the problem. So everybody got to go back to sleep, and they're back to the I bet there was routine. a lot of cigarettes there at that point. They were smoking <laughs> like crazy up top. <laughs> that's, that's, I never heard that one. That's, that's remarkable. Amen. Who's next? Remembering, there's a hand back there, a bold guy. Not a bald guy, a bold guy. Back in February of uh, 2012, I believe I had a God-given dream on a Tuesday night, and uh, I was going to step into a courtroom-style situation on that Thursday. And um, it happened exactly what I believe God showed me on that Tuesday night in that dream, is that... uh, I would get my kids back. 
on that Thursday and didn't have to go to court for it. <clears throat> Got it all taken care of in about four hours in a an attorney's office, and uh, since then the kids have been back. And they're good kids. And you're a good dad. Amen. We're, what we're doing is we're remembering a significant blessing in our life that we'll never forget, that you knew it was God. Amen? I don't know if everyone remembers, or a lot of you were here, but remember when they had the accident down here and that the car flipped, you know? Yeah. And David was right. Well, Gabe was thrown. They were thrown from the vehicle. And David was, the tire was right here, and David was right there in front of it. But the tire, it hadn't run over him. And that was such a miracle. I mean, they were all thrown from the vehicle when it rolled. And David, I mean, it didn't go over him, but he was right smack up against the tire. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and David is not serving the Lord yet, but he knows. He, He knows this, that God saved him, and he's got that in his, he knows. When that, how long, my gosh, how long has that been? So many years has that been? Yeah, I can remember somebody ran. Who who ran back? Gabe and ran, and they'd gone and they'd flipped that car. Oh, oh. That's a, that's a great great testimony. I completely forgot that till you brought that up this morning. <laughs> yeah, you know what we're going to do? Let's pray. I'm, this is the Spirit of God. Because do you know how many accidents have been down here on this corner? A number of them. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we take our authority as your children and we bind the spirit of accidents over this corner, down the corner in this intersection in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Christ over that intersection and command angels to encamp around that intersection. We pray that all drivers will drive responsibly and alert as they go through that intersection in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad you said that because I had that witness to pray. No, no. How many of you got kids that do things? Yeah. Yeah, they need to mark it. They're probably, we should probably do something about that. Amen. I'm glad you shared that. that. That's a wonderful testimony of deliverance. Amen. Who's next? It's been about 20 years ago, but I had an accident. I'm glad she wasn't with because I'd still be hearing about it today. But uh, I was down in Omaha, and I was running hard. And Coming home from Omaha, I was helping, helping some people down there. And it was about 1.30 at night, and it was one of those in the spring. And um, it was, uh, you know, foggy, kind of a 
dark night, and I was coming out of West Point, and I was getting tired, and I just got to sleep, and all of a sudden, all hell broke loose, this big bang, I, I hit a bridge railing, the first bridge you come to, I hit right on the the side of it, you know, and it basically ricocheted me across the other lane, and I kind of ran into the bridge railing, my car slid all the way down the the highway, and uh, you know, of course, I fell asleep, you know, but what a racket, and I still remember this day, I, I jumped out of the car, I, and I hollered, ha, devil, I beat you, because I still remember it to this day, it was just, because I was just totally shocked what happened, and of course, my, I never uh, heard that part, <laughs> Because it was an eye-opener to this day. I still won't forget it. But I had a bag phone. You remember what bag phones were? And, of course, I had an antenna going through, so my all my wires were pulled apart. I said all kinds of books and audios that were in my car that were just strung clear across the highway. And pretty soon a car came pulling up, and uh, here it was a, a sheriff. And he asked if I was all right. I said, well, yeah. So he started. we started walking back and trailing, going through this whole thing. He says, you know... There's a guy that just died last week at this same bridge where, you know, he basically got launched out of here. And I'll be honest, I don't wear seatbelts. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't wear seatbelts, but I never do because I figure God's got a plan, and <laughs> that's just always been my attitude about it. And she gets mad at me this day, and I. And I'm not proud of it, really, but that's just the way it is, you know. But I still remember this day that that cop looked at my car and said, I don't know how you survived this. I mean, the steering wheel was literally bent in half where I was, I held onto it, you know, and I just caved it in, you know, and bent it forward. And the car was totaled, so I had to call some friends. I didn't want to call Nancy because Jasmine was like nine months old. No, two weeks old. Two weeks old. I sure didn't want to call her. So I called some friends, and they come down and got me. But, you know, I still think that this day that, you know, it could have been a bad deal. But I still remember jumping out and just screaming at the top of my lungs, just laughing at the devil. You know, so. That's that's another another good. See, that's the thing we need to remember, because we all go through hard times. We all go through difficult times, adversity. Spiritual, physical, financial. But if we'll just remember the times that God delivered us, God blessed us, God helped us. Anybody? Who else? Leave her for last because she'll have about an hour there in the back there. That cute little blonde girl. <laughs> well, you're next, dear. You're next. Um, when I was 10 years old, I found out from my parents that... Um, I was supposed to have an arranged marriage when I turned 18. So, like... You found out you mm-hmm. were supposed to have an arranged marriage. Yeah. That's B.C. for your folks, before Christ. Yeah. So, I dreaded my birthday year after year. <laughs> that's, that's your culture, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I graduated high school. Um, and right before... The summer before I started my freshman year of college, I went to Vietnam. Um... And I, I knew the guy. It was 
actually my cousin. Sounds weird, but um, <laughs> Tell my mom. Could do my it. mom's not adopt. My mom was adopted, so we're not like blood related. So they're like, this is okay. So I just you know went with it because um, I love my parents. And then um, uh, the guy was really nice. My cousin. He's uh, my parents. Like, well, you know, just get married. Um, if you don't love him anymore, you can divorce him after a few years. So I'm like, okay. It's before um, Christ. So <laughs> it's a happy ending. So, um, uh, so there's a lot of paperwork to go through, you know, in the interview process and everything. And my parents had me practice it and everything. Um, and uh, we filed the paperwork. Nothing went through. Like it just didn't work out. So we came back um, without my cousin and um, went to my, you know, freshman year of college, started it. Then I get a phone call, like, March that that year because my mom's like, okay, you know, like, uh, that summer didn't work out. We'll try it again. So I get a phone call from my best friend, and she's like, I, yeah, you can't marry him. And, and I'm like, why? She's like, you just can't. You know, God doesn't want it that way. And so I was just working it up how to tell my parents, and it was hard. Because <laughs> when I called them, they disowned me <laughs> for, like, three months. And at that moment, I thought I lost my parents forever. <laughs> Sorry. Um, at that moment, I just knew... Um, I had no one else, so I just turned to Jesus. I'm like, you're all I have. And, like, I really thought I lost my parents. And then that summer, my mom called me. They were so upset. They're like, you're coming home. You're working. That's all you do. And so after a year later, (laughs) I get a phone call from my parents. And my mom's like... Um, you don't have to do this anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, um, you don't have to go through the marriage anymore. And then, um, I'll get him here. I was confused. I'm like, you're going to marry him? He's like, no. (laughs) So we'll file, file some paperwork and, um, go through the immigration and we'll get the family here. So at that moment, I just knew like, God had his hands on the whole situation. And if I went through the whole thing and uh, probably wouldn't have been here and met David and go the path that we're going right now. So Now, <clears throat> your parents are born again now. Yeah. Were they born again then? No. Mm-mm. So let me clarify how God worked in this family. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a story I never heard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I bet it was difficult. Yeah. But you're blessed. Oh, yeah. And, that, he's, it's a and he's the right guy for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. If you don't yeah. know him, he's a, he's a policeman down in Texas. They're going through a year of courtship, though, right? Um, mine's really simple. Um, Kyle and I started dating eight years ago. He wasn't born again. And then five years ago this summer... Um, before we got married, he became born again, and now since then his parents are born again and whatnot. So, 
Isn't it remarkable how one, it's like a domino effect, how it affects everybody and touches your, your life. <coughs> that, are you going back to that little girl back there? <coughs> Smiley. Stand up so we can see your smiling face. Well, if you all don't know, my grandma died a year ago in May. And she used to take us all every, every year on our birthday. She would take us out for a day, and we'd eat, we'd eat lunch in Norfolk and then go shopping. And um, this, the last year that she, she died, um, my birthday, it was in April. My birthday's in May. And I said, well, when, when can we do this? When, we, when can we schedule it? And she said, well, how about this next weekend? I said, Dad, is that okay? And he goes, well, I guess, knowing him. That's what dads say. Yeah, well, I guess, to everything. Um, so we went out, and then I think it was, like, April 20th. Yeah, like a month and a half early before my birthday. And I didn't know it, but then Monday, or May 1st, it was a Sunday, and... Um, she was supposed to come to Haley and Emma's confirmation, and she didn't show up. And so Dad sent Courtney to go check on her, and I said, hey, can I come with you? And she's like, well, as long as Dad says it's okay. And I asked him, and he said it was fine. And then we went up, and um, she opened the door, and we found her on her in her chair, and she had her grape juice and a crouton taking communion. That morning. And she went home. Yeah. She was yeah, like she, that? She was just like this, just sitting in her chair. That's that. It, uh, your grandma loved Jesus. More than anyone I know. Yeah. And she served Jesus her life, her whole life. And that, that is, I mean, that's a wonderful remembrance, you know. That's the way it should be. Amen. Who's next? <clears throat> Our family has a lot to be thankful for, and I was going through the list and trying to figure out just one thing to share. And, I mean, our marriage has been healed over the years. We have great kids. We're blessed financially. But I was thinking about it, and none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have had a really great friend that challenged me to really examine my faith. And then I realized that it wasn't authentic. And she put me on this path to being born again. And none of this would have happened if she wouldn't have challenged me in that way. So I'm very thankful for that friend that started that is, it all. Amen. I still can see you on Wednesday night. She'd always come up to me after service. have a question. And, you know, I think she was a little concerned about Steve. And But you know what? You married the right guy. He's a good man. Well, most of you guys all know me as a fisherman around here. Oh, so. really? <laughs> well, here's the one about got me, and she don't know much about it. <laughs> me, and, me and my boy was on our last week fishing with my brother out in South Bend, Indiana on Lake Michigan. So he had to work that day, so me and the boys gone out. And where you go out in South Bend, Indiana, you're clear on 
the south end of Lake Michigan, so you have 300 miles of lake coming from the north. Well, this little bay we go out of, it's about three miles long getting in there. It's all white rock going up. pisses me off because it takes 45 minutes to get out of it. Well, you thank God for it when you come back in. So we finally got out, and south bend of Lake Michigan tapers off really slow. So you, we ran out over 20 miles out. And it was supposed to be a calm, clear day all day long. <laughs> Got the downriggers down, got all the poles out, just as calm and clear as could be. And I looked to the north, and it turned black. And I go, oh, shit. <laughs> By the time I got the poles in the boat, the poles and downriggers in the bottom of the boat and had the boy get on the floor. We had a 60-mile-an-hour wind gust hit us straight on. I ran about 60-mile-an-hour as fast as I could for 10 miles. By then, the waves caught up with us. We started running about five mile an hour from then. Well, by the time we got to shore, we had 80-foot cabin cruisers that you couldn't see 50 yards from you. And this little narrow inlet that's as wide as this room, I was following a little GPS screen with one trail. I had hit. One time, we went right through it, and and you're alive I'm today. Alive. Ooh, <laughs> that's that's a remarkable story of deliverance. I think I need a tissue. No, <laughs> you can't. You can't believe. Actually, there was a lot of big and big, big boats went down. Just because if once you got over them waves, you know, well, we were actually lucky because my boat's small. I would get on top of the wave, and I'd just ride the wave. Yeah. And when we went through the jetty, there's nothing you could do. You just had to stay on top of the wave and hope you're on the, both sides in between the rocks when you come down. We come down right between the freaking rocks and went right in the... <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, somebody was with me that day. Yeah. I guess while I'm crying, I might as well continue. When I started to think, and Pastor said, this tears just come to my eyes. It just overflows and overwhelms me. But it's tears of joy. And ever since I've started coming to this church and started when they music, tears of joy has just kept overflowing me. <laughs> oh, Julia. <laughs> we just passed the clinics because we just know we're just going to cry. And it's okay. <laughs> Until our nose runs, and then that's not. <laughs> but when tears flow, it's just, it's fine. My blessing is... Of course, my husband, thank God he's alive. He wouldn't even tell me that story. It's like, okay, I'm not telling you mine either. But he already knows mine, I think. My blessing is my backyard and my ducks. (laughs) Some of you know my duck stories, but um, my backyard is beautiful. God sends just like the Garden of Eden. That's what my backyard is to me. I walk and talk with God every day. He shows me a new and wonderful, beautiful bloom or even a wonderful little bug (laughs) on a milkweed that I wanted to pull up. And he's going, no, you're not pulling that up. So he sent me this wonderful, beautiful bug. I can show you pictures. It's amazing. I don't know what it is, but it's amazing. (laughs) My son got me the ducks just because, he said. And it was just before graduation. He goes, just because. I go, just because what? 
And we really didn't know until, you know, quite a few years later, God had a plan. He had a plan for me to have those ducks. He got me three little ducks and watched them grow. And my son went off to college. And my children are everything to me. But God knew that I needed something more to take care of. Something more that would take care of me too. So he sent those ducks into my life. And one night, when they were all older, well, first back up a little bit. God had given me, wanted me to have more ducks than just the three. So I built an incubator <laughs> and hatched out one one week. And no wonder Lonnie goes week. fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so I had two more little ducks. So I had five ducks. But then one night, Satan came in our backyard and destroyed three of our ducks. But it's okay. My husband was there. He had a shotgun. He did not let them leave. So don't come in my backyard. <laughs> you might not leave if you hurt my ducks. After that, I was so devastated about losing my ducks. But there was this, this I've never felt this before, because since I was born again, but never felt this before, but this greatest love surrounded me and just did not let me fall any farther than I could go, did not let me go into depression, did not let me go anywhere down. It just held me up the whole entire time. It was just a most wonderful, amazing feeling. After I got the, after I lost the ducks, then pastor was saying, you could have more. I said, okay, I can have four. <laughs> so I went to the store, got four more ducks, went back one more time. There was this really cute little duck there. Called my husband, said, can I have one more? I'm pretty sure it's a girl, pretty sure. <laughs> he said, yeah, you can have one more. That's my loving husband. I could just have one more. Anyway, she is my Maggie. She is my, she is my queen. And the rest of my herd follow her. She is the queen. They follow her. Just like I, and God is teaching me this all along, just like I am following him. Amen. You know, it's it's just every day is a blessing with those (coughs) dogs. Every day I go out there and and laugh and have so much fun with them. It's just I get up. God knows what brings you joy. Yes, he does down to the minute detail. He knows what, amen, will bring you joy. Amen. I'm glad we went from his to yours because it makes, you know, that's good. That's good. Amen. I don't want to force you. Those are, I'll tell you, those are all good. Excellent. You find out about people. Found out some new things about Miss Lily. Anybody else? Uh, I've got one about when Harm was on the hater shortcut between hater to, uh, like, the patrol station there. And she had to stop because some farmers were chasing cattle. And for some reason, she well, she had all five of the kids in the car. 
Emily was in the car seat, and a person came behind her and must have been fiddling with his radio or something because he didn't see that she was stopped and ran into the back of her going, what, 50, 50 miles an hour or whatever on that road. And it smashed the back of the car all in. And all the kids were, and Carmen were, were flying. It destroyed the car, of course, but um, God's so good. I mean, like, Amen. Sorry, Lonnie got me crying already before I started this. That's what happens when we get older, Steve. Amen. Oh, I'm go- Abe's got one. Oh, we got one. Then I want Abe, and then I want you to share, Brad. I have so many blessings from God, but one that was sparked in in my mind right away this morning that I thought I wanted um, Amy and and Nate to hear is if you guys know Shane and I, we had Colby when I was 16 and we didn't get married until I was 19. And so Colby was three years old when we had, when we actually had our marriage ceremony and, and Shane and I were not in the same boat (laughs) when it came to religion. He was Methodist and, and I have known nothing else but this church and um, so we did not see eye to eye. I wanted him dedicated. He wanted him baptized. And so we did nothing until we were married. And so when we were married, pastor dedicated Colby. And those of you who know Colby, he's one of those kids that, um, like you said earlier, you never know what they're going to do. <laughs> and they make their own decisions. And when he chose to go into the military, I mean, we knew it. We knew he was going to choose it because he had said, I'm going to be a sniper in the military when he was five years old. So we knew that it was coming. But because of the provision of God and the word that was spoken over him for so many years, um, I encourage you to get a recording of this morning's dedication so that you have his prayer. Because we had played that several times for Colby. And then I knew it. I had written it down. I just knew it. It was in me. And when he went off in the military, he was he was over in Jordan for quite some time. Um, and he had, he had Skyping capabilities. And so we were Skyping him one night. And there was this loud roar that came in and the look on his face was sheer like, Oh no. And he said, I have to go. And he slammed down his computer and we went, we could hear the sound in the background. We knew, and we had heard that some missiles had gone off over there and he had to go and um, fight. And I just remember getting out his dedication and reading it that night and how, God's provision and God's protection and God's blood would be over him and that he would be fine. And two days later, he finally called (laughs) and he was fine. He, you know, everything went well, but it was such a a blessing to have knowing that we were behind him. Our church family was behind him and the word that had been spoken over him for so many years, even though he was, you know, 23 years later, it was still there. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here from Psalm 23. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. My life is way better than what I deserve. That's right. And for those of you, for those of you that aren't serving God or you don't believe the promises, 
This one is for you, okay? I want to encourage you. God loves you. He will take care of you. Amen. He will provide. He will make a way. I've never been let down by my father. I have failed my wife. I have failed my kids. I have failed my mom and dad. I failed my bosses. I have made plenty of mistakes personally. But my God has never left me. Amen. He has never forsaken me. He has never let me down. From job, I've been fired. I've been let go. I wanted to quit radio. When you get fired and let go twice within your first two years, that's not a good way to start your profession. He's made a way every single time. He has always provided for our family. Not only has he provided, we're blessed. Beth spoke a little bit about how we've been financially blessed. I have cried for the last five or six Christmases because of God's goodness to our family, to our lives. To be blessed beyond your comprehension. How can you give us that much? How can you provide that much? How can you wipe out debt like that? I can't explain it. But I know this. If I've learned anything from my mom and dad who are ministers, I refuse to quit. I make a mistake. I ask for forgiveness. But I refuse to quit on him. Because he has never quit on me. Amen. And never will quit on me. I don't deserve the goodness of the Lord. I don't deserve the favor but he promises it to each and every one That's of right. us. The, the two job scenarios would have totally changed our lives and what we do. Because we wouldn't be here in Norfolk. We wouldn't have wound up in Norfolk. Got a job in West Point right out of, right out of college. Thought that was going to be where we lived. Was let go within less than a year of that particular job. Next job I got in radio was here in town at a different radio station. Was let go after a couple of years. Wasn't the plan. Both, both times, we're, we're searching, we're wondering, okay, God, what do you have? Where are we going? What are you supposed to do? Just had a baby, don't have a job. Getting ready to have another baby, don't have a job. The two, those two scenarios. That's a freak-out moment in the natural. That's a sweet Jesus, what are we going to do? Two kids, and we had bought a house. Two kids and, and a house and no job. That's a freak-out moment. But being faithful to him doesn't mean we're perfect. But being faithful to him, we are tithers. We are That's diligent right. to be in church. We pray. We're consistent in what, in what God says to do. He has made a way every single time. Amen. Not only does he make a way, he blesses. Right. He brings the increase. I am your provider. I am your shepherd. I am your father. I will take care of you. I can't say that enough to those of you that are on the fence, to those of you that doubt, to those of you that don't believe. I can't... I can only tell you what God's done in my life, but I know what he wants to do in your life. Amen. Well, I can share one real quick and then we'll close her down. But um, like Julie said, I'd, I got a little log. I got a journal and I encourage you to do that. When something cool like this happens, like the stories you're sharing, write it down in there and put a little date by it, put that away. And, you know, we've been talking about remembrance, and I pulled that book out, and I read through it, and it just blows my mind, some of the things God has done over the years, and some of them you kind of forget about. But just to pick on one, um, about six years ago or whatever, I was I could tell it, my time was done working for Affiliated Foods, and I needed to move on to something else. It's just what. I couldn't tell what. And 
So I had an opportunity come along, or I found an ad in the paper for Cleary Building Corporation. Maybe you've heard of them or not. They're kind of like a Morton Buildings type deal, and it'd be for a salesman position in that. I drove down there, interviewed, whole nine yards, right down to the end kind of deal. And it was just down to yes or no, and I just did not know what to do kind of thing. And so I had been praying about it, obviously, and asking God for direction. And, and I'm not a God dreamer on a regular basis by any means, but I don't doubt for a second this was a God dream. We were dreaming, and it was actually about Colby's going away party. And uh, we were at some place to eat or whatever, and everybody was going through the buffet line, all this good stuff. We're sitting there eating, and for whatever reason, Dick Mills was there. Some of you may know who he is, maybe not. He was a prophet. I personally have never met him before. I don't know of him. I've just heard Pastor talk about him. That's really the only reference I've ever had, but somehow I knew this was Dick Mills. And this was your dream? This is my dream, yes, clarifying. This is my dream. And so somehow I knew it was him, but I had never met the man before. And he had come over, and I was sitting next to Colby. He would come over to, to prophesy over Colby before he had left kind of thing. And he wasn't there, and actually Pastor Kathy offered to go get him, but he said, don't worry about it. We'll wait for him to come back because I have something to say to this guy. And he was talking about me. And he began to tell me about how this job is a good thing, but it's not necessarily all that God has in store. And he, he had referenced how on a guitar this, this job was like a middle note kind of thing, but if I'll wait, God will bring me the high note job that, that he truly has in store for me. And that was pretty much the end of the dream. And I woke up kind of going, what in the world is that? I mean, just as vivid as can be. So I, <clears throat> I went and I thought, you know, the one thing that really stuck out to me in the dream was how this Dick Mills' voice, it was a unique voice almost. And to me, I sound, sounded like I made it up. You know, it was a made-up voice kind of thing. So I thought, I wonder. And so I got online and I looked up a podcast of Dick Mills, and I kid you not, spot on his voice. That just sent chills through me kind of thing. Leaves me wondering what he was doing in the middle of that night. If he even maybe went as far as to get up and speak that out. Did God orchestrate it to that degree? Or how did God manage to get that voice in my head like that? It just blew my mind. And then I told these guys about it, and they tell me that he was always talking about musical instruments, that he absolutely loved instruments and, and used them as illustrations all the time. So it was just phenomenal. And, and again, I knew nothing about this guy other than they'd referenced him from time to time. Well, long story short, about four months had gone by, four and a half months had gone by, and an opportunity had come along with the uh, wife's father or my father-in-law to get into construction. He was going to be building a home, and he said, i got four to six months' worth of work for you to start. If you want to go, then let's do this kind of thing. And I was praying about that opportunity, obviously. And, and while praying, it just the Spirit of God got on me, and I was down on my knees, and, and God said, this is the high note I was talking about. And it just and it brought all that back up. I'd kind of forgotten about the dream you know, or whatever. It wasn't in my mind regularly, that's all. But that whole thing come flooding back through my mind, and I, so I knew that I knew. And it, just, it was just the neatest way that God has ever led and guided me before. And... And so, again, we could go on forever. And as to kind of close up today, I guess every one of you in here have got to understand. And just hearing your stories and, and knowing you've, a lot of you have your own stories, and maybe some of you don't even know who God is. Or maybe you knew God at one time and he just hasn't really been a part of your life now. But you've got to understand something, and you should have gotten this through today. 
that God loves you. Amen. He wants nothing but the best for you. He don't care where you've been. He don't care what you've done. That's all irrelevant. He just He's just worried about your future. He's just worried about wanting to be with you, moving forward kind of thing. His one and true desire is to bless you. Just like any good father wants to bless their kids. But he can do it, like Abe said, in a way that we can't even fathom, above and beyond whatever we could imagine. But every person in here has a plan and a purpose for their lives, and God has a plan and a purpose for your lives, and he desires to be a part of your life to do that. So as we close this morning, I know this is kind of out of nowhere, but why don't, why don't everybody just go ahead and bow their head and close their eyes and think about that. Maybe you have known God and you've walked with God and things haven't gone so well lately and you've maybe kind of turned away from God. He's not mad. He's not going to hit you over the head and he's not going to make you play catch up and earn your way back in. He was willing to start fresh with you right here, right now, once again, and move forward and and continue to bless you like he has in the past. Or maybe you've never known God before and never have committed your life to Christ before and never asked him to be the Lord of your life and to come into your life and to walk with you, to teach you and to bless you and to just be a good father to you. Well, he wants to do that right here, right now. Like I said, it doesn't matter where you've been what you've done. You don't have to earn this. You can't earn this. This is just because he loves you. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you're here today, I want to, I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer. We're all going to pray this together at the end and ask Christ into our lives and, and give our heart to him. But between you and God, Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. So I'm the only one looking, but between you and God, and just so I know that we need to pray this prayer this morning, if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ and start this walk with him and start walking in him blessings, or if you're here today and you've walked with him before and you know that you know it's time to get back with him, then I want you to just slip up your hand real quick and you can put it back down. So if that's you today, just raise your hand. I see hands all over the place. and go ahead and put them back down. I'll give one last opportunity because I know there's some of you sitting here and your gut's just turning right now, and that's God working on you. He just wants to bless you and love on you, but you've got to let him in. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way. So one more chance. I saw those hands, but if there's anyone else, just slip your hand up quick, and you can put it back down. Amen. Okay. So everybody, go ahead. Let's just stand up. We'll just do this together. We're all going to pray this prayer. And if you're here today and you're praying this prayer for the first time, this moment forward, everything in the past, it's done. It's under the blood. And from here on forward, it's a fresh start. It's called born again. You get to start over with him. And those of you that are rededicating everything in the past from this moment forward, it's done. Leave it there. Don't drudge it back up. Don't entertain it. So move forward with him in his blessing and his grace. Amen. So everybody just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and died on the cross for me and my sins. Forgive me, Father, for the things I've done in the past. But I know, Father, 
From this moment forward, I shall be born again, and I am going to walk with you, give my life to you, and serve you from this day forward. Jesus, come live in my heart and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, if that's the first time you've done that or if you've rededicated today, God is doing nothing but rejoicing right now. The Bible says that the angels rejoice every time. There's literally a party in heaven every time someone comes to the Lord. I do want to encourage you, if that's you today and you did that, I'm not going to come hunt you down and try and embarrass you or anything like that. But I think it's important that you make a moment of dedication and make something concrete out of it. I'm going to hang out up here. Come and see me. I'll give you a little book maybe that kind of talks a little more detail if you want that. But just make that moment real. And then we encourage you. You're welcome to come here if you don't have a home church somewhere. But I encourage you to get into church so you can continue to learn about God's goodness and the plans and the purposes that he has for you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Well, that was good, everybody. And I, I hope that stirred you up. Amen. Now, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to pray. How many of you here, we heard about, you know, uh, our kids. If you've got kids or grandkids that are not living the life they should be right now, raise your hand. Should be doing what they should. Okay. This is what was in my spirit because I've said this before and I pray this. The seed of a righteous man is blessed. A righteous woman too is blessed. These kids make decisions. They make wrong decisions. But God's grace is greater, amen, than their stupidity and their foolishness. And I believe God for the prodigals to come back. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these kids here today that are represented by their parents or grandparents. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for deliverance, for healing, for people, Lord, strategically placed in their life that will cross their path, that will help them. I pray their hearts be softened to the gospel, their hearts be softened to what you have destined for them to do in the name of Jesus. I bind Satan... In Jesus' name, and I loose angels to encamp around them. And Lord God, I'm believing, Lord, for them to come back to you, Father. So until that time, protect them and deliver them in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. Thank you so much for sharing today. God bless you. Be careful lighting fireworks.